This is your host, Victoria, and in today's episode, we are talking all about building habits. What are some of the key principles we need to keep in mind when building new habits? What are some of the best tactics we should be using in order to make habit building as effortless as possible? And what are some questions we really need to be asking ourselves in order to ensure our success? We'll be going through all of that and more in today's episode. As usual, I would love to know where in the world you are and what you are doing as you listen to this episode. So take a quick picture of where you're at right now and tag me on Instagram at Victoria Sardane. I would love to know. Enjoy. Welcome to the Victoria Sardane podcast, where you'll discover actionable tools, tips, and tricks as well as inspiring conversations to support you to change your own reality. We all have immense personal power within us. We all have the ability to be the person we look up to the most and take charge of our lives and our future. Sometimes we just need a little insight, a little change of perspective, and a friendly nudge to take the step. Are you ready? Today we are talking all about building habits. I was really inspired to go through this topic because I'm currently doing week two of my self-mastery program, which is my group coaching program. And week two is all about how to master your habits. So naturally this is a pretty in-depth program. In week two, we do a 90 minute intensive live training on building habits as well as ongoing resources and support throughout the week. So I will not be putting all of that in this episode, but I will be touching on the main points and give you guys a little bit of a sneak peek of what we're learning and what are some of the things that you can do in order to build some new habits yourself. So first of all, what is the appeal of habits? We hear so much about habits, right? It's become this whole science. There are books about it. There are courses on it. There are professionals who specifically focus only on habits. We're seeing this everywhere. What is the hype? What's the deal? First of all, I think one of maybe the main reasons why habits are something that we're so fascinated by, intrigued by, and drawn to is because habits are really associated with this idea of effortlessness. Right? A habit is essentially something that takes no effort on our front and it's something that we just do automatically. So naturally that has appeal. As humans, uh, we are always searching for the easiest way out. We're looking for what is most convenient, what is most easy, and the idea that we can do something that is really positive and really good for us without any effort, that sounds amazing, like sign me up right now. But I would touch on that and say that I was actually listening to a podcast on habits a few weeks ago, interviewing James Clear, and he made the important distinction between habits and routines. And he really said that when it comes to habits, it's about things that take no effort, no thinking, and happen essentially unconsciously. So it's things that we just do. Maybe you wake up in the morning and you go to the toilet because you need to pee. Or maybe you wake up in the morning, reach next to you, and take a big gulp of water. Those are things that happen completely completely effortlessly. Maybe brushing your teeth would be one of those things. But all other things are actually routines and not necessarily habits. So I would almost say that when we talk about implementing new habits, we are most of the time actually talking about routines. So something like eating breakfast would probably be more of a routine because yes, maybe it's something that you do every day, but it still takes conscious thought right? You're still thinking, okay, I need to go make my breakfast now. And maybe it takes a little bit of an effort. So I think it's important to make that distinction clear and to remember that if we're really just looking for the easiest way out and to not put any effort, 
then that's something that's gonna be quite difficult and it's gonna take a really long time. But hopefully what we go through in this episode today will bring a little bit more clarity on that front because we also hear a lot of questions around, you know, how many days does it take to build a habit? And I have a specific, uh, let's say, approach or an opinion on that front. So we'll touch on that just in a moment. I'm gonna start by going through the four key principles that I've found when it comes to building habits. These are principles that I've pulled together from my personal research, having read lots of books on habits, having taken courses, having spoken with experts, having done a lot of personal trial and test on myself, as well as learning with clients on the best way to build habits for different types of people. The first principle is that we are all unique. Nowadays, we talk about the science of building habits, and yes, there are tactics or techniques or things that we can all try and we could all benefit from. However, I would say that this is maybe the most underestimated part of building habits is remembering that we are all different. One person, for example, might really benefit from having an accountability buddy that texts them every morning and says, hey, did you go for your run yet? And maybe for somebody else, that puts them off. And they think, if you're going to keep asking me, I'm not going to go running because the fact that you're asking me makes me not want to go. So it's really about knowing yourself. And when it comes to knowing yourself on that front, there's a framework that I really recommend. It's called The Four Tendencies. It's by Gretchen Rubin. She's written books about this. She does courses on this. She has a free quiz, which I'll put in the show notes below. So you can also take that quiz. I recommend that you do. It's something that I make my clients do and that we go through as well in the program. So it's really about knowing what is your tendency? What are you like? How do you respond to internal or external expectations? And how can we use that knowledge in order to work with habit building techniques that work for you? So that's the first one. We're really unique. Something that works for somebody won't necessarily work for you. The second principle is curiosity over culpability. This is my favorite phrase, curiosity over culpability. Culpability essentially means guilt. It means beating ourselves up. It means feeling frustrated with ourselves. And that is something I am not about. I'm not interested in that. And I think that if we really learn to embrace curiosity more, then we're able to really go about building new habits as well as changing aspects of our life in a really low pressured way that not only leads to better results, but leads to us actually creating the habits and creating the changes in our life that feel as effortless as possible. As I said at the beginning, you know, most of us are actually really trying to incorporate new routines into our lives, even though we're calling them habits. Therefore, there will always be a small element of effort. However, the more we can work with a mindset of curiosity, the more effortless it will feel. So what do I mean by curiosity over culpability? I essentially mean that every time you try implement something new into your life and maybe it doesn't work, you're taking a stance of curiosity. Instead of saying, I can't believe I didn't wake up and do my workout as I said I would. I suck. I'll never stick to any habits I put in place. I'm never going to be an active person. I always let myself down. Instead of having that narrative, we're stepping back and we're saying, that's interesting. I put all the things in place. I prepared my workout clothes the night before. I have a playlist ready. I put my alarm on, yet I still didn't do it. Why is that? What was that internal resistance? What dialogue entered my mind? Is it because I hate running and I should look for a different way to work out? Or maybe I know myself and I know that I would be much more likely to do it if I had a friend doing it with me. I don't know. But really looking at it from a place of curiosity and saying that when something doesn't work, that's an opportunity for us to learn about ourselves. 
The third principle is that habit building is non-linear. So what do I mean by it's non-linear? Well, essentially what I'm saying is that it's not as simple as do something for 21 days straight and then all of a sudden you will do it on autopilot with zero effort in the world. I don't believe in that at all. I find that if you're really struggling and forcing yourself to do something that you hate for 20 days straight just to get to the end of the 20 days, then the chances that you follow through with that effortlessly after those 20 days are pretty slim. It is not linear. Everything about building habits is based on tweaking, trialing, testing, repeating, falling off the wagon, getting back on. And the idea is not necessarily to make it linear. The way that I see a truly ingrained habit is one that we can let go of when the circumstances require, but that we can get back onto when we need to. And that brings me straight to the third principle, which is everything around adaptability. I find this concept so fascinating. There's a specific quote that I love on that front, which is the green reed which bends in the wind is stronger than the mighty oak which breaks in a storm. This is one of my favorite quotes that essentially suggests that we are stronger the more flexible we are. We are stronger when we can adapt. Strength does not come from rigidity. Strength comes from adaptability. So this is the fourth principle around building habits. It's understanding that habits will change and move and adapt to your circumstances. Your environment is constantly changing. You are constantly changing and you are constantly changing in relation to that environment. So everything around you is in constant motion. Nothing is static and neither should your habits. Your habits should work with you. They should support you and support your life. And it's not about doing something every single day for the sake of doing it, it's really remembering, well, what is the why behind this? Why am I actually doing this? And how can I adapt it based on the scenario or the situation that I am in currently? So those are the four main principles. It's about understanding our uniqueness. It's about curiosity over culpability. It's knowing that habits are non-linear and it's embracing adaptability. Now I wanna to touch on one more point before we follow through with seven tactics that I'm going to be sharing with you today. And that is something that I think we overlook a lot when we build habits and it's really knowing the why. Before you try build any habit, no matter how big or how small, I really, really urge you to ask yourself, why am I doing this? So why is it important to know the why? Two things. First of all, it gives your habit a reason. It gives your habit a purpose. If your sole reason or sole purpose is to execute the habit, then the days where motivation is low, that is not going to drive you. That almost bases itself or leans solely on motivation. And we know the motivation goes up and down. We can't count on it. We need a bigger purpose, a bigger reason for being. So give your habit a why. And when we're finding the why, I encourage you to dig as deep as possible. It's not simply about saying, okay, I wanna try eating more plant-based for the environment. That's great and that's a great cause, but let's dig deeper, why? Why do you actually care about helping the environment? Well, I care about helping the environment because I don't know, I watched a documentary and it made me really upset to see you know, the future we're headed towards and I want to do what I can to make a difference. 
okay, why do you want to make a difference? Well, because I believe that I have a role to play in this world and I want to have a positive impact. All right, why do you want to have a positive impact? You know, it's going deeper and deeper and deeper until you can really narrow down to one core element. And that core element might be, well, my mission in this world is to leave it in a better state than how I found it. I don't know. Or maybe it's, I want my children to see the best version of the planet I can possibly give them. So it's really about connecting with that deeper core why that on that day where you're thinking, oh, should I just ask the waiter if I can have a vegetarian version or should I just not bother and just go ahead and have the chicken anyways? Well, no, you have that core why and it's about being able to connect with it regularly and we'll talk about that as well in a minute. So now what we're gonna do is go through seven key tactics to help you build your habits. So there are many, many more than these. Some of these might speak to you more or less than others, but I recommend you listen to all of them through and then you can decide which are the ones that would work with you, that wouldn't work with you, that maybe you've tried in the past or interested in trying in the future. So the first tactic is make it not suck. I talk about this a lot. You've probably heard me even mention it in previous podcasts. If you are trying to implement a habit or a routine that you hate and it sucks, it's not going to work. You need to find a way to make it not suck. And I understand that there are times in life we need to push ourselves a little bit beyond our comfort zone. We need to push ourselves into things that maybe we don't feel like doing, but it's about making it as pleasant as possible to avoid creating a negative association with it. So I'll give you an example. A client of mine really wanted to pick up meal prepping as a routine or as a habit, but she felt a lot of resistance because she felt like it was a waste of time and it took so long and she couldn't really be bothered and it just felt like such an effort. So we tried to make it as pleasant as possible because the truth is, of course, she could have just forced herself into it, but maybe that would have lasted a couple of weeks and then she would have felt such a deep resistance to it that she wouldn't be able to overcome. We tried to make it as positive as possible. So an idea we came up with was making a little list of friends that she wanted to chat to or catch up with on the phone, and then every week plan in one catch-up phone call on a Sunday that she could then call a friend and chat to while she's meal prepping. So it's something that made her meal prep a lot nicer, a lot more enjoyable, a lot more pleasant, and it was something she could easily do while she does her cooking. So that is the first tactic. It's make it not suck. It's about asking yourself, how can I make this as pleasant as possible? The second tactic is start when it's easy. Do not wait until you absolutely need a habit to implement it. Find a way to incorporate it and to start while it's easy. An example that I've talked about and that I actually posted a podcast episode about a few months ago that you can listen to as well, was about cold water swims. And I actually started swimming in the lake daily while the lake was still warm in the summer in order to then build up a habit that felt easier and allowed me to have less resistance in the winter. So obviously this was a routine, right? Because it does take a certain amount of effort to get into a freezing cold lake in winter, but because I'd done it so much in the summer, the actual walk down to the lake was almost automatic. I would put my headphones in, I would get into my sweatpants, I would listen to a podcast, I would stop at the exact same spot in the lake, take all my clothes off, and doing this day after day, by the time it was November, December, it felt almost automatic, right? Not quite, it's still an effort, but it almost felt automatic. So that's what it is, it's start while it's easy. Don't assume that things are gonna get easier later. That's another thing that comes a lot with habits, is we think, 
I'm really busy right now, but you know, when I'm less busy later, I'll pick up meditation. That is a trap not to fall into because the reality is that nothing is easier later. Other things will come up. Maybe yes, work will calm down, but all of a sudden you'll have, I don't know, renovations in your apartment and then that will make things more complicated. So just assume that nothing will be easier in the future. The best time to start is always now. The third tactic is create a trigger. So a lot of the time we don't follow through with habits or routines simply because we forget. And there's lots of different ways we can create a trigger. It can either be related to a certain time, maybe a time of day. Every day at 12, I close my computer and I do 10 minutes of stretching as my lunchtime break. Or maybe the second I wake up, I go straight to my mat and do some yoga. Those would be examples of time-based triggers. But there's also other triggers such as location-based triggers. So it could be that every time you enter your bedroom, you close your eyes and take three big deep breaths. And that would be a location trigger. So whichever trigger you decide, find a way to remind yourself and really anchor it deep into either a time, a location. It can also be based on a specific emotion where there's also the sandwich method where you essentially link it with another habit. So maybe you're, so maybe you're repeating your morning affirmations in your head while you brush your teeth, for example. The fourth tactic is scheduling. This is a classic one, but honestly, it is so important. It holds so much weight and it can be so helpful. And that's essentially deciding specifically when you'll be doing something and scheduling it, having it in your agenda, in your schedule, whether you use a paper one or one online, or maybe don't use one at all, schedule it in your mind, have a specific time block for when you will be doing a specific habit. This tactic, I would say, is extremely beneficial for those who identify as upholders in the four tendencies. So if you still don't know what I'm talking about, then you can do the quiz later and come back to this. But if you do get upholder as a tendency, this specific tactic is really helpful. The fifth one is doing research. So this actually emphasizes the why. It's really understanding the benefit of the habit. And I would say that this specific tactic is really helpful if you fall under questioner in the four tendencies. Once again, feel free to come back to this after having done the quiz. It's essentially about really reading up on why you want to do something. So taking back that previous example of wanting to eat more plant-based to help the environment, but maybe even look up what are the health benefits of eating a plant-based diet and give yourself extra reasons and extra understanding that will give you extra motivation to stick to this habit. The sixth one, another classic, accountability. This one is especially important for those who identify as obligers under the four tendencies. And it's about finding someone or something to keep you accountable. So having somebody else is usually a good one. That's generally what works the best, but it doesn't necessarily have to be an accountability buddy. It can even be simply telling a friend, hey, I'm picking up this new habit. Maybe they were half listening or they were on their phone while you were telling them and they won't really remember. But sometimes the simple fact of having said it out loud, it feels like a commitment and it feels like, well, I've said it now and I've told my friend, so I have to do it. And that's something that can be really helpful. Another way to use accountability would be to actually do the habits with somebody. So an example of picking up the habit of going for a daily walk, maybe you have a friend that does the same and you guys pick up the phone and have a quick chat catch up while you do your daily walk. Or there are lots of apps as well that can help you with accountability. For example, Headspace is a meditation app, gives you notifications and reminders if you've missed your meditation for the day or which one you'll be doing tomorrow, etc. The seventh and last tactic we'll be going through today is identity. It's about accepting 
this habit as part of your identity. No, you are not someone who is trying to pick up a daily yoga routine. You are now a yoga person, or you're now a yogi, or you're now a person who does yoga daily. That is your identity. And once we identify with a habit and we think, this is me, this is who I am, it becomes a lot easier. Ask yourself, if I want to be the kind of person who takes extra time every Sunday to do my meal prep, what does that mean? What identity am I picking up? What are maybe other traits or other things I would be doing if I were to really embody this identity? And this tactic is especially helpful for those who fall under the category of a rebel in the four tendencies. So once again, I recommend you try that quiz, come back to this and find the tactic that would work best for you. So those are the seven tactics, guys. I'm gonna go through them really quickly again. The first one is to make it not suck. The second one is to start while it's easy. The third one is create a trigger. The fourth one is scheduling. The fifth one is research. Sixth one is accountability. And seventh one is identity. As I said, there are lots more than seven tactics, but those are just a few to get you started. Now, as a little activity for the coming week that I love to give you guys is Think of a habit you would like to implement, and I'll add into that, make it as small as possible. So try it for the coming week, but before you implement the habit of running 10K every day, ask yourself, how can I make it as small as possible? If you wanna pick up daily meditation, start with 30 seconds of meditation every day, or start with sitting on your mat cross-legged and taking three deep breaths, and that will be your intro. Make it as small as possible. Do not let your ego get in the way and tell you no. Give yourself big, grandiose objectives. No, start small. And I want you to ask yourself, what are three of the tools that I mentioned that you think will be able to support you in building this habit? Perhaps it's scheduling the time for meditation, doing some research on the benefits of meditation, and creating a trigger by putting an alarm in your phone. That would be an example. Ask yourself, what are three of the tools that I mentioned that you're going to use in order to help you ingrain this habit? The second question is, what are three things that could potentially stand in your way from integrating this habit? And the third question is, how will I react if they do? So an example would be, you know, my alarm rings in the morning and I'm really tired and I can't be bothered to meditate. That would be something that would stand in your way. How are you going to react when that happens? Prepare yourself ahead of time. Ask yourself, what are you going to do in that instance? What's going to help you snap out and perhaps remember your deeper why? Or perhaps remember that it'll never get easier than today. I don't know. Think of something ahead of time when certain negative thoughts or other barriers come in the way. What will you do and how will you react? So that's it for this episode, guys. I really hope that that was helpful. If you generally enjoy listening to these episodes and you're currently listening on Apple Podcasts, then please, I would love it if you would take 10 seconds to just hit five stars or give a little review. That would really help my podcast get found. Thanks again, and I will see you next week for a brand new episode.